0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's Hour 2 on this Thursday. Troy Aikman will join us coming up in about 15 minutes. Your phone calls are always welcome. Emails, tweets, all the above. Say good morning to our radio affiliates, Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Radio, and also our streaming partner, Peacock. Download the app. You can watch for free. Max Crosby, the Raiders defensive end, will join us coming up, as will Deion Sanders. Poll question for Hour 2. Paulie?
1: We're workshopping this one, but if you've got, if, for those who don't know Max Crosby, star defensive end for the Las Vegas Raiders, he looks like the kind of guy you would not want to fight. Like, if there was a room of dudes, that'd be the last guy to fight. Yeah. Tats, kind of that crazy look. Mm. And he's probably a very nice person, but mm. just face up. Like 6'5.
0: Right. Like 290 and jacked and fast. He's like the bouncer who's waiting for something bad to happen.
1: Right. The swole bouncer at the club waiting for a, someone to get out of hand. Okay, so what's the question? Which professional athlete, non-fighting athlete, not a UFC guy, would you least like to fight? I'm throwing Max Crosby as mm. my guy from like in hockey. Zdeno Chara. I don't think I'd like to fight him.
0: Well, he's 6'8". Yeah. He's still beating up people. He's, he's in his, what, mid-40s or something? I saw where he took down some guy you know, who wanted to challenge him.
1: The Morris brothers Was... in the NBA? Mm-hmm. Either? They seem like they're enforcers. Yeah. No,
0: I think they, they give the impression they're enforcing. Uh, I think I'm more worried about uh, the Jokers brothers. Oh yeah, yeah joking Kitch- That's yeah. a good yeah. call. Yeah, the, those brothers look like they mean business there. Yeah. Uh, what was what was the results from the first hour?
1: Eighty-five percent say Bo Jackson is the greatest athlete of our lifetime, sports athlete of our. So
0: lifetime. we're saying in the last forty years.
1: Yeah, since nineteen eighty, basically. Okay.
0: And you put Dion and Bo in there. Are we missing anybody? The last forty years, great athlete.
1: I can't think. I mean, Brian Jordan played two sports. He was good at both. Yeah. For the Atlanta Falcons, yeah. Braves. Yeah. Is that really what it hinges on? It's two sport athletes.
0: Well, I think we always say, "Well, Michael Jordan was the greatest athlete, but he wasn't." It's not about though?
1: it's not about resume like Michael Phelps with resume. You know, that's that's he's up there, but it's more like versatile athlete who could do multiple sports.
0: Well, the greatest athlete of all time is Jackie Robinson. There's there's no question. Jackie Robinson should have been the number one when we did the Sports Century top 100 athletes. Jackie Robinson should have been number one, because when you look at baseball, basketball, football, track and field, Jackie Robinson and baseball might have been his fourth best sport. And the fact that he became a Hall of Famer, given all the racism that he faced, even with his own teammates, and he was still a Hall of Fame baseball player. So Jackie Robinson, to me, is the greatest athlete of all time. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Yesterday, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, held his annual State of the Union address, and obviously a lot of questions thrown his way. Most of the questions revolved around the Brian Flores lawsuit. He's suing the NFL for discrimination, unfair hiring process. The majority of NFL players are black, That's not the case with the league's head coaches. A large, large disparity between white and minority coaches in the league. And yesterday, the commissioner acknowledged that, saying that, uh, you know, the league fell short on those results. I think we made a tremendous amount, a lot of progress in a lot of areas, but not at the head coach. And that is something that uh, is something we really have focused
2: on to try to get the kind of results that we would expect. And we fell short of that by a long shot for us.
0: The NFL has had a diversity problem for a long time now. Until I hear something that really means progress, and by the way, it's not just black coaches, it's minority coaches. We have to expand this. It's not, you know, when he says, oh, you know, we fell short on black coaches. It's minority coaches. There is change, but now it needs to be refreshed. The Rooney rule needs to be refreshed. But here's the thing. The commissioner cannot legislate who an owner hires. He can't tell... An owner, hey, can you do me a solid? Can you hire Eric Biennium? But what they're trying to do is make sure you give somebody a fair shot at an interview. That's all. But I go back to what happened with the Giants and Brian Dable, who is a qualified coach, got the opportunity. The Giants interviewed him, probably in the process of interviewing 10, 10 coaches. And you go, oh, my God, he was great. Hey, but we have four other job interviews. Well, in your mind, you've already made that up, that this is your guy. So you are going through the motions with these other candidates. But as Tony Dungy told me a long time ago, and I don't know if it's applicable now, but the Steelers had already made up their minds on who they were going to hire. And Mike Tomlin came in as a Rooney Rule interview and blew him away. And Tony Dungy has told me, and Tony went through this process, All you want to do is get in the room with these people and you hope that they're going to be honest with you and ask you questions and give you a chance. But Tony said, we always hate, as minority coaches, he didn't interview well. That's what you hear a lot. He didn't interview well. You don't hear that often about white candidates, but a black candidate I'll hear, you know, he just didn't interview well. And, you know, it's one of those where how do you prove that? You know, how do I prove against that? Uh, It's just difficult. So I hear the language with the commissioner. I hear the rhetoric. And, you know, this will go away because what happens in the NFL, there's another headline that comes in. you got the game coming up this weekend. Like, look at Daniel Snyder with Washington. Every time you think you got him cornered and he's going to get fired, what happens? Another story comes along. And then, you know, you just move it down the totem pole, and you're like, oh, God. Daniel Snyder, man, he's still there. I don't know what's happening with Stephen Ross and the Dolphins. Tanking. I don't know. Right? Just move it down the totem pole here. Down the conveyor belt. And that's what happens with the NFL. And you can go there. Jim Trotter did a good job at asking the commissioner questions, but he he had a week to prepare for this. And what will happen is you'll go into a meeting and you'll have guys who will ask you questions. They'll have a mock press conference. That's all it is. This is no different than a deposition. What are they going to ask you? How are you going to answer? You know what? Keep it vague. You know, mention this, stress this. Hey, make sure you bring up, we're going to play football in Germany. Hey, these playoff games have been unbelievable. It's just sort of a, let's just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And that's what the NFL does. The NFL is so powerful that that they're able to, hey, look at this, look at this shiny thing over here. Oh, wow, the commanders, they got a new nickname and uniforms. We've forgotten all about sexual uh, assault and harassment. Oh, look, you know, we have the Pro Bowl in Vegas. You know, Don't worry about Alvin Kamara beating up somebody. Well, look, we got a football game. and That's just how the NFL works. It's so powerful, and we don't stay uh, on the bullseye there. But. So whenever I hear the commissioner talk, I just feel like, okay, we've heard this before. Uh, He did say that, uh, well, I'll play this, that uh, the hiring process, we need to talk more about it. Let's take Coach Flores' litigation and put that to the side. It's really more important to talk about what Coach Flores was talking about and other coaches have talked about with respect to what really is happening in the hiring process. What's good, what's bad, what's not leading us to the results that we expect to have. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I mean, it, it, that doesn't mean anything, you know. We got to ask questions, and we got to, you know,
1: we have to ask questions. Why is this happening?
0: Yeah. How is this happening?
1: Yeah, Paul. You know, we like to look forward while looking back and keeping an eye and focus on what we're doing right now. But if you learn from the past, the future could be better than what it was and what it is today. And that's where we're focused on today. Before. And in the future. The back, back to you.
0: What's that? You know, it's almost like the commissioner is Jimmy Jimerson. Let me just sort of tell you some things without really telling you anything. I mean, this is the Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't think people realize that. Okay, that's we're talking about the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> I don't think he said that okay. yesterday, but but he could have, and people would have gone, yeah. Hey, and he's right; it is the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, all of our in-studio guests receive gift bags provided by Panini America, the official trading cards of the DP show. Link Soul apparel, lifestyle brand for any occasion. And M-Drive, don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M-Drive. The trivia question we were asked at the end of the hour, Todd, Do you, uh, we had somebody who said that it's happened a couple of times in NFL history, Super Bowl history, where the two starting quarterbacks had the same number. Now, I'm guessing eight and 12 are popular Super Bowl numbers for quarterbacks. Though.
3: They are, and it's, this is very unofficial. We are still uh, have our crack research team on it, but it appears Super Bowl six, Starback, Greasy, both wearing number 12, Super Bowl ten, Bradshaw, Starback, both wearing 12, and again, Bradshaw, Starback, and Super Bowl thirteen. And then uh, there was a fun fact uh, we came across um, that from 92 to 94, it was eight versus 12, three years in a row, Aikman versus Kelly twice, and then Steve Young, Versus good old Stan Humphreys. Stan
0: Humphreys. Chargers. Okay. And Troy wore number uh, eight. That's right. Yeah. Troy will join us. He's in the green room as we come. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Let me see. NBA trade deadline today. I guess we're just waiting to see if James Harden is traded. Ben Simmons is traded. Is Ben Simmons able to play? I don't know if he's been medically or clinically cleared to play because wasn't that part of the issue with the 76ers? I'm going to guess that he's probably able to play if he's traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Somehow, he'll he'll feel a little bit better that uh, he's able to play. But I could be wrong on that. Uh, What do you have, Paulie? This is confusing, so stay with me. Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN. Quote,
1: ESPN sources. Although Brooklyn Nets guard James Harden wants a trade to the Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers, he has resisted making that formal request out of fear that the public backlash would come with asking out of a second franchise in consecutive seasons. Excuse me? So, Yeah, thank you. He's So Woj is reporting that James Harden wants to be traded to the
0: Sixers, but he won't publicly say it. Who cares at this point? Like, why is James Harden worried about what people think of him? I, What he did to Houston? Like, okay, you were going to ask out of Brooklyn? So what? You know? If I'm, if I'm James Harden and I want out of Brooklyn, then ask out of Brooklyn. You know, we'll move on. There'll be another story. There'll be another issue. Uh, you know, if he wants to go and play with Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers and Joe Ellenby, then do it. Like, I, I wouldn't worry about, boy, what are they going to think of me? Well, I think people already have their minds made up about James Harden. A couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Tony in California leads us off this hour. Hi, Tony. What's on your mind?
3: How you doing, Dan? This is uh I just want to say it was a pleasure to see you last night and uh when I I'm the guy that told you that my my seventy three year old aunt thought you were incredible and you said she should and I said you look good on on uh American Night in football. And I see you just, you said without skipping the beat, she should see me without it. Well, I told my aunt and she wants to see you without it.
0: Okay. Wow. Well, um, Maybe we can make that happen, Tony. No. I give to the people. That's all I do. It's all about the ladies, as Todd found out last night at Big Dean's in Santa Monica. All about the ladies.
3: I didn't. I spoke briefly to a couple of guys, and then you I know. said, "See ya."
0: Oh, you made a beeline, <laughs> beeline for when when you walk into a bar and a woman's got your face on her T-shirt. Hello. I
3: did feel a little bad. There's one guy who was telling me, yeah, and I had heart surgery, and then you did your limerick. I I, I I gotta go talk to <laughs> Stacy. I'll be right back.
0: This guy is pouring his heart out to Fritzy, and saying that he was in severe, uh, you know, health. Yeah, I was on a ventilator, and I'm like, watch. I'm reading
3: your mock headline. I will get back to you. I got this. Someone, <laughs> keep an eye on that. Hey, Michelle. I, I know. I'm glad. I, I know, you were sick, and then you found my limerick <laughs> funny. Thanks. You, a little cold, that was a little cold time. It
0: was, but he was so sincere, and he's like, You know, hey, you know, I was on a ventilator, I was in bad shape, and just want to say that you, you made me laugh every morning with your limits. And Todd goes, Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, Hey, I'm going to go over here. But they're no. better now. Okay. They're
3: <laughs> better now. Don't live in the past. I got to go. You're
0: now. Uh oh. Sensitivity minimum level. Minimum kindness. Yes, absolutely. But
3: you're, but you're not on a ventilator right now. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I'm going to go talk to Michelle.
0: You're the king of minimum kindness. You are. Uh, let's see. How about Luke in Wyoming? Then we'll take a break. Hi, Luke. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Uh, I heard you guys talking about America's sweetheart. And yeah. uh, at least in my older Gen Z and younger millennial circles, I would say without a doubt it's Zendaya, you know, in the Marvel pop culture. And okay. And okay. Tom Holland being the uh, the hot couple, so I think Zendaya is definitely America's sweetheart. Yeah, and then uh, Euphoria, that she's the star of Euphoria. Got uh, some interesting reviews there. Reese Witherspoon was America's sweetheart for a little. Sure, bit. yeah, the Legally Blonde era. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who well, I know we're missing out on somebody, America's sweetheart. yes. some people throwing out Anna Kendrick. Good call. She had, a, mm-hmm. she's flirted with it a little bit. Mm. The likability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the star power. Okay. Didn't have the lasting star power. Yes, Todd.
3: This is probably a couple of tiers lower, but we like uh, mm-hmm. Kaylee Cuoco, the flight attendant. She has, she, I, she, I wouldn't call her America's sweetheart, but if you know, if you want to have somebody in the bullpen. Big Bang.
0: Big Bang Theory. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It would it be if you know if you were like a, the, the starters. Looks like
0: there's an elbow problem. <laughs> that we're gonna go. <laughs> you're gonna okay. Go, Kaylee Cuoco. Cases
3: loaded, one out. He just walk three guys around and hit somebody. You're gonna in bring head. in,
0: bring in. Kaylee, you, you come on. Uh, this
3: inning, it was nine three. Now it's nine seven <laughs> with one out. Second. I, I see what
1: he's saying. You got Andrew Kendrick, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Julie Roberts. You go to Kaylee Cuoco with your fifth, fifth starter. That's, that's not
0: bad. That's high end stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, you got some twenty game winners there.
1: But you need to see the flight
3: attendant to sell that. If you just watched it from Big Bang Theory, you'd be like, "Really?" But uh, she stepped up her game this.
0: Uh, yes, she this did. Wild. Yes, with uh, our uh, girlfriend Rosie Perez. That's right. But thank you for that breakdown of the. You're welcome. Michelle. I think you appreciate. <laughs> it was it <laughs> really a wonderful. If I'm listening, if I'm listening, and I go, "Oh my god," I got to watch the flight attendant. And I heard Todd describe it. He broke it down. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a break. T-Roy Aikman will join us coming up. We'll uh, hear from Deion Sanders a little later on. Max Crosby will stop by the uh, Man Cave here in Los Angeles as well. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. We're giving away the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Did you guys get it detailed yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's all cleaned up. She looks beautiful. All right. So we're giving away the Sprinter van. We had 220,000 entries, and uh, I don't know who's picking the winner, but uh, we'll let them know that they have this Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. And uh, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars. It's gorgeous. Yes, it is. It's is beautiful. It, it started out as a blank canvas and uh, added some bells and whistles in there. It can be customized to be the perfect van for whatever you need it to be. Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. And if you would like to take uh, the French kid and seat in a cross-country with yeah. it, they'd be more than happy to do it again. Absolutely. Head back. Head back towards the East Coast. Got a cowboy What'd hat you in do there me? and everything. If I said on Sunday... You and the French kid have to get back in the van, and drive back across country. Man. Like you have to. I'm I'm ordering you as your boss to get in the van and head back. Man, a little quick, a little soon. Okay, <laughs> a little soon for me. What if I said, Fritzy, you and Fritzy? Oh, me and Todd. Yeah. the to oh. phone, I think. Oh man. How about Paul and Fritzy? How, I got hard no. I'm gonna go hard no. Oh, how, far, how far do they get? I'm going to guess you guys don't even get out of Arizona. (laughs) Probably not. Yeah, that's a tough sled. Mercedes-Benz, go to a dealership and take a test drive in that Sprinter van. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Super Week in the DP Show, brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Some people have offered up other America's Sweetheart candidates, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, for a little while, mm. America's Sweetheart. Any other ones, social media uh, offering up here?
1: A lot of Reese Witherspoon 10, 12 years ago. That was a big
0: uh, right Le- vote. Legally Blonde. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, He is uh, T. Roy Aikman. He's the uh, Fox NFL analyst, pro football Hall of Famer, won three Super Bowls. And any time a guest brings us beer, we love it. Uh, Troy joins us on behalf of eight. For the drinker who consistently puts in the hard work as we do, Troy and his team are uh, conscious of what we put into our bodies and the options for a light, refreshing beer that's brewed with organic ingredients, virtually non-existent Until now, as we make way for Troy Aikman. Number eight, looking good. How we doing? Hi, buddy.
2: Good to see you. Good to see you. Yes, sir. That's all right. Hey, guys. What's
0: going on? look like you could still play. And you, uh, you look like you've uh, added some, some muscle there. What, uh, do you, what are you benching? Maybe. Like, let's uh, do this. T- Troy Aikman benching contest. Yeah. One <laughs> rep.
1: One rep. Paulie, I'll start with you. Oh, boy. Uh, he's looking pretty good. Uh, I'm going to go 265 for one rep.
0: 65. Seton? I'm going 355.
1: Wow.
3: Whoa! Fringy.
0: Aggressive. Yeah.
1: I'm going to say 317.
2: Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go one rep. Am I going to answer? Am I going to answer that question? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, I don't. I don't. Wait, you don't bench? I don't do. Well, not. I do dumbbells. Okay. And I don't do like one time. I'm not Larry Allen. You know, I, mean, I don't do one. <laughs> you know. I mean, in, just, in your day. And I'm not that young anymore. In your day. What could you bench? Uh, three twenty-five. Oh, whoa. whoa. Nice. Okay. All right. What could Larry Allen bench? I think he's uh, he's on YouTube. I, I I I'm gonna get it wrong. Was it seven hundred pounds or something? I mean, it was like a Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he the strongest man you've ever been around? Yeah. Yeah. Like not even sure. close. Not even close. A man of few words, and uh, I mean, obviously a great player, but by far the strongest. It feels like he's underrated. Really.
0: It, like, y- you forget because, you know, he never was somebody who was out doing interviews. He never talked himself up. I know defensive linemen
2: knew about. Yeah, that. I mean, for a guy who could be all pro at guard and then we lost our tackle and he moves out to tackle, he was all pro at tackle. And, I mean, he could, he could do anything. He was. Yeah, I, I, I know that uh, maybe amongst the public for sure because he was so quiet. Uh, but I think amongst those that played with him and certainly those that played against him, uh, yeah, nobody. They called it the Larry Allen flu. The yeah. guys would just not be able to play that day. You know?
0: <laughs> so. um, we were we brought this up last hour. Better athlete, Dion or Bo Jackson?
2: Oh gosh. I mean, I'd have to say Dion because he's my teammate. But uh, no disrespect to Bo Jackson. I, I think both of them. What I mean, I, I think if you talk about underrated, I think what those two were able to do, and do it at the level that they did it is pretty remarkable i mean there's a lot of guys we i mean i'm sure you played all sports i played baseball and football and basketball and, there, and baseball was my first love and i felt that you know i maybe could have gone on and played collegiately and i think there's something inside all of us that thinks yeah maybe you could have made it in the big leagues but i mean those guys they they play for real and to, to be able to do both uh it's a it's a it's a it's an athlete that we just don't know about were you a pitcher Pitcher and shortstop. And uh, I was getting looked at to get drafted by the Mets. They wanted me as a catcher or an outfielder, which I'd never done. I'm, I'm not sure why, but <laughs> they wanted me, but they didn't want me doing what I'd been doing. So I don't know how that worked. And then Tom Brady got drafted by the Expos as a catcher. Did he?
0: Yeah. Well, I never knew that. Yeah. I think uh, drafted... I think I knew
2: everything else about Tom Brady. I've, I've had enough of his games, but
0: I didn't know that. Do you get tired, though, when somebody comes up and says, oh, hey, so uh, do you know Tom Brady? Or what do you think of Tom Brady?
2: Um, not so much with that, but, you know, those, they, they usually want to tell me that they know Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin and, uh, well, so do I, you know? <laughs> do you ever get confused? About On the street. Like if somebody comes up to you, they, hey. I was going to say, um, wh- wh- who I get confused for a lot is John Elway. Um, <laughs> and, and when I'm in Colorado, then it is, is only more. But, but if I ever get confused for somebody, it's usually John. And I finally ask John, hey, do you ever get confused about me? He goes, all the time. And the other one is uh, Harry Connick, Jr., which, I, I, you know, I think, when they, I think when people see me, they know quarterback. And, and you know, I, I understand maybe why there's some confusion with me and John. Although I don't think John and I look alike either. But the Harry Connick, I, I really don't quite understand. That's a good comparison, though. Which one? Harry Connick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll take it. I mean, I, mean, I feel bad for him. <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's an upgrade for me. I, I do know that. So yeah. And Harry Connick. <laughs> well, Jr. now people are starting to say I look like Jay Z. So I, I don't even, You know, I mean, I have there's there's some meme going around. I, I'm like, okay.
0: What was it like to be single and be the quarterback of the Cowboys? Uh,
2: you know, it, it was good. It was good. Um, Is it dangerous? Uh, I wouldn't say dangerous. Uh, I think my my biggest problem was uh, you couldn't you weren't it wasn't a it wasn't a cowboys rule, it was a cheerleaders rule. You couldn't date the cheerleaders, and but I still did some, <laughs> and and it didn't fare well for those cheerleaders when 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 people found out. But uh, wait, but you could save the their of, jobs. Could I save their jobs? No, I. I couldn't. They, they're they're a totally separate entity. Um, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> You'd rather talk about beer than you would.
0: Yeah, your dating life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when did you get to the point where you go? I'm gonna make my own beer.
2: Uh, two years ago, and you know, I worked at a at a beer distributorship when I was in college, and I've had a lot of friends that are in the in the business. Uh, but I never thought I'd make beer. But I met my now partners through a mutual friend and we started talking about it. And felt that if, hey, we could do a light beer, a low-cal, low-carb beer, um, something that complemented my lifestyle, that that'd be great because we felt that what was in the marketplace had been there a long time, needed needed something new, something fresh. And so 8 then was born. And what's unique about this beer, Dan, is that it has no adjuncts and no fillers, meaning no corn, no rice, no syrups, no added sugars. It's 100% organic grains. So I always refer to it as a better-for-you beer. I work out, my health and wellness is really important to me, but I also enjoy times with family and friends, and and I like beer, so uh, to be able to make a beer that I felt complemented the hard work that you put in during the week, uh, we made this, and and it's been really well received. It's exclusive to Texas, and uh, really fired up about it. We just launched February 1st, and we'll be in stores in the spring. So this is bootlegging right now outside of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is bootlegging. Yeah, those cans, let me tell you something. Those cans are hard to get. They're, I mean, they're, they're a hot commodity. Do you like the packaging? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's clean. Well you don't act as, as excited about it as I am. I haven't had it.
0: I like a beer. Okay. I'm not here to look at the package. Okay, I mean w I'm gonna
2: drink it. But look at that. I mean that's that's it's seven thirty in the morning, <laughs> Troy. Come on. Well I was asked I was asked what, what, what it pairs with. Uh, what kind of foods <laughs> it pairs with, and I said, heck it pairs with bacon and eggs if you want it. <laughs> Did you ever play a game where you were hungover? No heavens no. Well, you have a lot of quarterbacks who have in history. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I never drank, uh, never drank for a game, and 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 have never been a real big drinker to begin with. But now after games, <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd wake up the day after games with some hangovers, <laughs> <laughs> especially after some Super Bowls. Yeah, best Super Bowl that you uh, celebrated after? Uh, probably the second one in Atlanta. The first one. Uh, we were all new at it. We had a team party and you get there and the parties are all sponsors. And so I was late getting to the party. I was held up at the stadium for interviews and things of that nature. And, and then you get to the party and you couldn't even find your teammates. So I, I left and and then wound up hanging out with a bunch of media guys at, at the bar. And, and then the next year, fortunately there was a next year, went back and, and had a little better plan. And so, uh, arranged to have a private room with teammates and, and then a few people that were in town. It was, and it was awesome. I mean, it's the, you can only imagine. It's, a, it's the greatest night of your life to win a Super Bowl and then uh, the celebration that takes place after. And I'm jealous because uh, Stafford or Burrow won. They're going to get to do it this week. But you never went to Michael Irvin's after Super Bowl parties, did you? Uh, I did not. <laughs> I did not. Did you get invited? Um, I'm sure I did. I, I think I think, I, I think Irvin. You know, he 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 takes all comers. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't. I think I think you just show up. You're invited. How would you guys have done with social media? Uh, we we would have been we would have been all right. I mean, it it, it definitely impacts the the, the activities, but. Uh, I think that players would be smart. I think the the players of my era, and not just my team, but I think the players of my era would have been smart about it. And I think the players are now, for the most part. It's definitely had an impact. It's had an impact on our business. I'm yeah. sure it's had an impact on your business, yeah. but even broadcasting games, social media has had an impact on how, what we do. How do you take criticism as a broadcaster as opposed to how you took it as a quarterback? Uh, well, I think I take it well. I've always been good at constructive criticism, and uh, I, I, I will say, I do Read the tweets. I mean, I, I not all of them. I, I mean, but I read them. I I find them pretty funny. There's some funny guys out there. Some I mean, some pretty. You know, you read them, you start laughing. You know, you, you, if you don't take it too seriously. But yeah, I think the even though there wasn't social media when I was playing. I do think that the criticism you take as a franchise quarterback, uh, especially in Dallas, I mean, it can be pretty intense when you're not playing particularly well. I think it prepares you for whatever you get into after that, that when there's public scrutiny. And uh, I think it helped me in this job that you just understand it's just part of the job and you don't really let it affect you too much. We've talked a
0: lot about the Bengals' offensive line going against the Rams' yeah. defensive line. As a quarterback, how do you make your offensive line better than what it really is? Yeah, get the ball out of your
2: hands. I mean, really. Uh, that's essentially what it is. But try the Rams to, know that, too. Right. So everyone the Rams play, that that's the formula. Uh, and then they try to run the ball, because if you just get into a game where you're throwing the ball, then it's it's almost impossible. There's just not... There's not many offensive lines, if any, that can hold up against this group. So you've got to, it, it becomes a team effort in order to beat the Rams. You've got to have a defense that holds the score down so that you can continue to run the ball. And even if you're not running the ball, uh, that effectively, you've got to be able to stay with it and then get the ball out of your hands quick and then max protect when you can to take your shots down the field. I, I think if you look at when San Francisco, uh, week 10, beat the Rams. They ran the ball 44 times. They didn't run it particularly well. They only had three and a half yards per carry, but they got 44 uh, carries in that game. But the big thing is they converted on third down. And that that ultimately, if you're going to play that style of game and try to shorten the game, play great defense, keep the score down, you've got to offensively convert on third downs. And uh, and if you don't, then, then you're in danger of, uh, of the game getting away from you. How would you describe Joe Burrow if I had never seen him play? Oh, um, I I love the way he plays. I love the way he played in college. Uh, What I like about him most, however, and why I think he is a great player, because they all have ability. I mean, I I always hear the phrase, this guy can make all the throws, and and I – I don't even know what that means. I mean, I know what it means. It means he can make all the throws. But who the hell can't make all the throws? I mean, if you can't make a throw, you probably shouldn't be a starter in the NFL. There's only 32 of these jobs. And so uh, he's, he's really talented. But I think when you start looking at quarterbacks, because it's always a flip of the coin as far as who's going to be successful as a first-round pick and who's not, who's going to make it, who's going to be regarded ultimately as someone who didn't live up to his billing, I, I, I think there's more to it. I think it's the intangibles, and he clearly has it. So he's got an edge to him that right from the beginning, even last year, you know, right from the start, and even when he was coming out of college, you could just tell this guy's wired a little bit differently. Nothing's too big for him. He, he's confident he's going to be able to come. In and compete, and then the organization did a good job around him. But I, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm mean, a big fan of his. Uh, love everything about him. Love the way he carries himself. I wish I had as much swag as he did in the locker room. Uh, the, the the cigars are awesome. The the whatever he's doing. Yeah, you know, I mean it's it, it, the whole package is phenomenal. But were you cocky at any Was point I? in your career? No, no. it's just. Uh, no, it turn. I was confident. I mean, I was confident, but I, I would never have been uh, described as cocky or brash, and in, in 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 the and I think that he he walks that fine line to where I don't think he's offensive. I think he handles questions extremely well, even controversial moments uh, when he's been kind of drug into some things because of what people have said. He handles it all very well, um, and so. I'm I'm excited to follow his career. I hated when he got injured, you know, with the knee and how was he gonna to respond to that? But and I and I'll go a step further. A couple of years ago, a few years ago, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars. They make it to the AFC championship game, a franchise that hadn't had much success. And then last year it was Cleveland Browns. You know, and you think of the dog pound and all the great Browns fans over the years and hadn't had much to root for. Now the Bengals, I just I I love seeing it. I I, I love it. It's great for the NFL. It's great for those cities that have those fans that haven't had a chance to really get excited for postseason play. And what he's done and and Zach Taylor and all of them uh, is 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 great. Hats off to that organization. But, you know, it's almost like they get a hall pass. I know the Bengals want to win. Maybe they
0: don't. You know, people don't expect them to win, but they do. But then you juxtapose that to Matthew Stafford. Like, the pressure on the Rams playing a home Super Bowl. Yeah. And if he wins, he's probably going into the Hall of Fame if he wins this Super Bowl. Yeah. That pressure, like, when you won your first one, what was the pressure like when you went back for the second time when you were expected to win?
2: Well, there, there's still that pressure. I mean, I wouldn't say because we had won a, a Super Bowl that, that then there's not as much pressure. Um, There'd be more, I would th- think. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah, I think in some ways. I think it's how I, – I, I heard Matthew Stafford, uh, and it's something that they talk about internally, and I know Sean McVay does, that – and and I like this phrase that pressure is a privilege. Uh, I like that because you have to play in big games in order for the there to be pressure. There, I'm not going to name teams. I've done that before, and then I, and then then the Twitter world wakes up, and and then they, you know. But there are teams in this league that don't feel much pressure, and and when they get out of September, there's no pressure on them. They just go play, and for Matthew Stafford and the Rams, when Stafford was traded for. To know, I mean, the questions were always, and we had their games, is how's he going to play in the big game? How's he going to handle this? Because in Detroit, he didn't win a playoff game. He didn't have a good record against teams with 500 records and, and all of that. And, and what he has proven is what I knew and really what my career was about. If, if you have good players on your team... And you have good coaching. As a quarterback, you have a chance to, have, to play well and have a really good year. And he's been able to do that. He's played great. He's been a big part of it. And uh, I'm just really proud of Matthew. I've known him. He grew up in my backyard where I live now in Dallas. And I've been real proud of how he's handled the pressure of this year and the expectations. He wanted to go to L.A. He wanted to do what he's doing now in L.A. and Detroit. I talked to him before the draft. I said, do you really want to be drafted by the Lions? The Lions obviously weren't very good at the time, and he wanted to turn that program around, and unfortunately it just didn't happen for him. But I know Lions fans respect him and appreciate him, and uh, they're out in, in, in droves to support him. And for the Rams and Matthew Stafford to be in the Super Bowl, which is what the only expectation was, of course the plan is to win it, is pretty remarkable. It usually doesn't happen that way. Do you hold a grudge against any player? No. Even, no. no.
0: Nothing that happened in your career?
2: I don't, I don't hold a grudge against anyone in my life right now. Um, and, and it's a good feeling, you know. Um, not to get weird, but I, you know, I've been meditating for about eight years. Uh, got into mindfulness, and, and it's part of the, the whole wellness program, which circles back even uh, in a roundabout way to the beer. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a grudge. Uh, I have no resentment towards anyone, and, uh, and it feels good. Did you have a grudge against somebody after uh, you retired? I mean, back in the day, you at one time, but uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm, just, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There no. are other guys in yeah, the media. I that say, you... Yeah, I would say, yeah. I can name a couple that no, you know, you No, know, I'm kidding with you. I, I can tell by your face, like, oh, no. Um, sometimes my timing's not as good as it needs to be You know, on my delivery. But, but, no, I've always loved being on your show because I was just commenting before I came on that, the reason I've enjoyed it so much is the questions that you ask are questions i don't get asked you know they're always outside the box and 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 I like that so i you know I've always thought the world of you but but yeah, I've had grudges in the past and uh, and then I've just learned that ultimately you're the one who suffers from that yeah. and uh, so i've I've been able to reconcile those and and now some of those that that I feel like that we did have grudges against one another. Uh, are some of uh, are some of my closest friends, which is amazing. Final question: Are
0: you sending us beer? One hundred percent. Okay, all right. One hundred percent. Fair enough. Because I might crack one, but after eight o'clock this morning. Yeah, that, yeah we wait. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's the discipline you want, yeah. and that's what I've got. Hey, it's
2: eight o'clock somewhere. <laughs> uh, he's T. Roy Aikman, as Michael Irvin calls. Why did he call you T. Roy? Well, they used to call me Roy. A lot of people do call me T-Roy, and I think, you know, it's kind of like A-Rod or, you know, however. There's a T and then there's a Roy, you know, so it's T-Roy. No, I got it. I understood it.
0: I I don't know. You helped this guy out I'm a little slow.
2: Oh, that's right. It's
0: T and it's Roy. There you go. Uh, The beer is called Eight. For the drinker who consistently puts in the hard work, uh, Troy and his team uh, are very conscious of what they put in their bodies, and it's a light, refreshing beer that's brewed with organic ingredients, And uh, those kind of beers are virtually non-existent. Congrats on this. Good luck with this. Always great to see you. That's uh, T. Roy Aikman. We'll uh, come back. More phone calls after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Super Week brought to you by M-Drive. Don't let age beat you. Get M-Drive. Kind of stumbled on something there at the very end with Troy, where he said, you know, last eight years, meditation, trying to get in a good spot. Uh, I know that he and Dion didn't see eye to eye when they were teammates with Dallas. But, you know, that's a long time ago. Um, you know, he had a feud with Skip Bayless, a member of the media. Called up Skip, wanted to put it behind him. So. And he's right. When you hold on to these things, they really hold on to you. You know, they, that if you have a grudge against somebody, or, you know, as I did with ESPN for 10 years, held on to that for dear life, and it motivated me every single day. And then my wife finally said, uh, they got control over you. You got to let it go. And then I finally did, but didn't take any meditation, just took, you know, five seconds of my wife talking common sense. Yes. It's got to be so, like, freeing, though, to just let go of everything and just not have it weighing you down anymore. Man, sounds good. Uh, Dion will join us coming up next hour. Yes, Paul. And when Troy said that he actually does
1: read what people say about him on Twitter, I was pretty surprised. because. It's probably healthier to ignore that, but if he's in a place where he could read the, mm. that because most people on t- Twitter are negative yeah. towards Troy and everybody. Troy's clearly a great broadcaster and anyone who knows anything knows that, but people can still find the negative and for him to laugh that off is that's healthy.
0: Yeah, it's just I, I don't I have no interest in it. I I want to make sure that what we do, we do it right and if we do something wrong, say something wrong, then I don't mind being, you know, clarified. But it's if somebody takes a shot, you can get nine compliments that are great and one that's negative and that one negative that, you know, stays with you. Uh, So time to crack those beers.
1: Go ahead. You can. I don't think we're allowed to. Oh, you're not.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Legally. You're not allowed to. I don't think you're allowed to sip from it, but you can, you can hold hold it. They're cold and ready. Yeah, I know. Uh, Let's see. Annie in Seattle. Hi, Annie. What's on your mind today? Hi Dan, Danette. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. <laughs> first, time, first time, long time. Uh, five six, and that's
3: Scrappy one twenty two. Mm-hmm. I have a, <laughs> I have a suggestion for
0: your Traeger guys. I grew up in Buffalo, and I think uh, Buffalo wings, barbecue Buffalo wings, would be fabulous on the Traeger. But don't forget your sides
2: of your blue cheese, your carrots. And your celery, celery, <laughs> celery, celery. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Love Thank you.
0: Thank you, Annie. We had wings last night. We had, first of all, if you go to Big Dean's in Santa Monica, get the double cheeseburger. That was great. It lived up to the building. I kept hyping it to the dentist. But we had wings, and of course, there was celery with the wings, and then we started singing celery. Here we go. It sounded something like this last night. Celery, Big Dean, San Juan. Celery,
2: celery. Celery, celery. Celery, celery.
0: Yep. Hey, who made that? sounded celery. something. I don't even remember somebody sending that in. Because wow. wow. <PEAK> we always do. <laughs> <laughs> The career salary game, and we needed some theme music. All of a sudden, somebody uh, somebody helped out there. All right, so coming up next hour, uh, Max Crosby of the Raiders will stop by, and Deion Sanders will join us as well. More phone calls on the way. Keep an eye on the NBA trade deadline as well. Update the poll results, Paulie.
1: Yeah, this is a real
0: poll question. Who would you
1: least like to fight? We threw James Harrison in, former Steelers linebacker. He's winning the poll. He's not even, he's not even playing anymore. 65% Zedano Charta. 16 uh, percent. Max Crosby, 12 <laughs> percent. James Harrison.
0: Well, well, you see that that uh, commercial where he goes out and he's you know tackling the guy in the front yard. There, I don't want to fight him. No, I don't think so. He's getting bigger. Final hour on the way. Eight seven seven three DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at DP show. Back after this. All oh, but there's one more item, and we close out the second hour with Panini trading cards. The exclusive trading card partner of the NFL, Panini America, utilizes iconic brands like Donruss, Prism, Contenders, National Treasures to deliver instant classic trading cards. You got the most popular players. You got the players that we're going to see on Sunday in the Super Bowl. You also have Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Travis Kelsey. Autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts something for everybody in panini america packs and it's more than just the nfl panini is the exclusive home for nba ufc nascar and collegiate trading cards collect all of this season's top nfl rookies including jamar chase trey lance Micah parsons trevor lawrence mac jones jalen waddle you can also check out the rams players matthew stafford cooper cup aaron donald and the bengals players joe burrow jamar chase and t higgins start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show.